Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Church. My name is Kristen, and I serve on our worship team. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. When you walked into church, you received a bulletin. On the inside of that bulletin is our connection card. If you would, go ahead and fill that card out with as much information as you are comfortable giving. At the bottom of the card is our Pray for One section. This is where we write down the names of people in our lives that could use some of God's love, as well as the prayer we're praying every day that God would send us one person to share His love with. At Life Church, we know that God has placed unique gifts and abilities in each and every one of you. These gifts all point to the calling and purpose that God has for our lives. If you would like to learn about your unique gifts and how God wants to use them to show you your purpose, you can attend our Grow Sessions. Grow takes place the first two Sundays of every month at 1030. You can sign up for an upcoming session on the back of your connection card. For more information about Grow, please visit us at the Welcome Center, and somebody there will be able to answer any questions you may have. Our largest outreach event of the year is coming up in less than three weeks. Our annual Kids Carnival is an incredible day where thousands of people from our community get to come and see how we love children at Life Church and experience just a little bit of the love of God. We'd love to have your help in sharing God's love to our community. If you're able to help in any way, on the inside of your bulletin is a yellow sheet where you can check the box in which area you'd be interested in helping. You can drop this sheet along with your connection card and offering in our connection containers by the doors on your way out of service today. Thank you in advance, and we are so excited to see what God is going to do with this year's Kids Carnival. That's it for Life Church News. Thank you for joining us today, and enjoy the rest of your service. I'm Pastor Tom. Thank you for being here today. And uh, Pastor Brian, our senior pastor, is actually at his son's college graduation. So isn't that exciting? Yeah, that's kind of neat, man. Good stuff is happening. Before we get started on our message, I just want to uh, highlight one thing in your, in your bulletin you received. There's uh, this yellow sheet of paper that uh, talks about our, our signing up for our kids' carnival on June 1st. It's our biggest outreach we do of the year. And if you've been here at all, you've heard us talk about it. There'll be a couple thousand people from the community that'll come here and they'll have a fun time. And, and they're, they're going to do a couple things. They're going to have fun and games and all that, have some food. But they're also going to interact with you. So we need you to sign up to serve, to be part of this event. Why do we do that? Because people have a good time. They run into you and they realize this one thing. These church people aren't so bad. Aren't so weird, whatever it is. And then some of them come to church and we have seen lives impacted. Dozens and dozens of families and lives transformed because of this carnival. Sign up today. Whatever you can do to help us, it would be awesome. And you will make an impact on others' lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this uh, message. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have to share. Open up our ears and our hearts to hear what you have. And help us to do above all in our lives your will. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, we are, I hope you are all on our devotional that Pastor Brian has put together. And uh, it's Life Church Maine. It's our app that we have. And on there is a devotional, a daily devotional. We do it Monday through Friday, where there's a video from Pastor Brian, and we're going through a chapter a day from the New Testament. We started going through a few weeks now uh, on the book of Matthew, which is awesome. And what we've been doing is Brian has been highlighting a couple areas, things that God has revealed to, uh, to him, and he's shared some nuggets with, uh, with us on video. It's been really awesome. So I highly recommend it to do that. And then read the chapter. Man, it has just been a blessing. I'm really enjoying it, and I hope you guys are all doing that too. Well, this week we're going to take a look at a, a character that's mentioned several times in the, this week's reading the apostle Peter. Now, Peter was a rock star, right? You know, he, he, you know earlier in, in the, like I think the week before, we read that he was walking on water. Wouldn't that be cool to do that? Nobody cares. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> maybe you've tried it, you know? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, Peter, Peter is outgoing. He's, he's gregarious. He's, he's transparent. He's enthusiastic. The kind of guy you want serving on a dream team. The kind of guy you want leading your dream teams, right, you know? And we read uh, one of the most memorable passages. If you've been around church at all or read any Bible reading, you've probably read or heard of this, uh, this, um, uh, this part of Peter's life where he gets this revelation from God. It's in Matthew 16. I'm going to put it on the screen for you, and we're going to read it together, but it's kind of cool. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? When I, I have to stop. When I read the Bible, I read things, and then something will jump out at me. And the Son of Man, why does Jesus call him that? Because if you look at it, the origin of those words mean his humanness, his human side, human being. And there's a lot of different definitions of that word. But it really po- focuses on his human side. And when I, when I first read that and understood that, I was like, oh my gosh, it reminded me of the movie Aladdin. You know, they have a new one coming out, right? The Disney Aladdin, right? And the genie's in this bottle. He's got this great power, but itty bitty living space, you know? You know, if you, some of you guys haven't seen that movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's probably somewhere. I have a VHS. I'll let you borrow. Uh, <laughs> so go, let's move on. Well, he, they replied, some say John the Baptist. He's asked, who, who do they say I am? Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are now called Peter which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Wow, powerful story, right? I mean, imagine me and Peter hearing that. I'm a rock. Mm. Just get fired me up, right? Just feeling good about myself. And God revealed this to him. Yeah, so we think of Peter as this rock star. This guy, he's got it all put together. He's amazing. He was the leader of the disciples, right? The 12. He was also part of the three. Jesus had this three that he hung out with the most, Peter, James, and John. Ever met someone like that that had it all put together, or so you think? Had it all put together. Well, Pastor Gordy, a good friend of mine who started this church years ago, he's passed on. He's, he's, uh, today he's probably looking down, laughing at me. <laughs> but, but years ago he started this church, and he was the kind of guy that had everything all together. His hair was always perfect, and mine never is. His shirt's always tucked in, and mine never is. His desk is perfect, and if you've been in my office, you know mine... Needs a lot of work. Well, every, I got to confess, every now and then, I would go into his office and mess his desk up. <laughs> he figured out who it was. <laughs> but just to see, you know, I'd watch him like, mm. <laughs> he didn't, 
I have to confess that sin. But no. But you know, but Peter was awesome, right? Or was he? Or was he really that amazing? That's why it's so important that you read the chapters of your Bible, not just one scripture, not just one sentence. Read the whole thing. That's what we're doing. And then read the books of the Bible because you will get some clarity on the characters and the message and you'll see some themes in there that God is revealing to us. And I love Peter so much because I can so relate to this guy. I mean, if you read through, he was sarcastic. He, was, he would interrupt people. He was very impulsive. There's a story of him in the garden, right, when Jesus is getting arrested, and he pulls out a sword, and he whacks this guy's ear off. Do you think he was actually aiming for the ear? I don't think so. He wasn't the greatest swordsman, I guess, or I don't know. But <laughs> it, was, it was ready, fire, aim, I guess. You know, I, I think he was trying to kill the guy. He was very impulsive. He would do things, and he would react instead of thinking it through. He was very presumptuous, or he would assume that he knew something. He was very self-centered. Oh my gosh, there's a scripture in John where after Jesus comes and he's, he's risen from the dead, he's hanging out with his disciples, right? And he's starting to tell them how they're going to lose their lives. And Peter's like, um, Jesus talked about all of them except for John. So he looks at Jesus and goes, what about him? <laughs> I mean, just, just look at his humanness. Look at his selfishness that he has. Full of pride. I mean, he's, he was just called the rock, right? You know, he's, he's got anger issues too. Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, he, he t- there's, a, there's one scripture that we probably have heard if you've been around church at all, where Peter goes to Jesus, right? And he says, and Peter came to him talking about Jesus, right? He came and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me seven times? Now, if you read that and you think maybe Peter is just super holy and he's like, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Well, I read that and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Look at, G- look at Peter's character. Look at his, 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 some of his issues, right? I think he was really mad at somebody. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess that he was maybe mad at Judas. You know, Judas was the treasurer. And if you read about his life, you know, he put a little bit in the coffer, a little bit in his pocket, a little bit in the coffer, a little bit more in his pocket. I mean, he was very unethical in his dealing with the money of that ministry. And so I think maybe, and I guess it's just my guess, but maybe he was mad at Judas because Judas had lent him some money to maybe get another fishing net for his boat or something. And he was like, hey, when am I going to get my money? Or he's like, this, hey, when am I going to get my money? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of make it up, but I just, I see Peter's anger. He was mad at somebody. He says, okay, we're going to take care of this. We'll go to the, we'll go to the master. We'll go to the, we'll go to Jesus right now and say, hey, how, do you, what's your, how many times should I forget this mm, person? And he says, no, not seven times, but 70 times. Because it was a hard issue that Peter had. Yeah. So he dealt with anger. He was kind of a spaz. And he would do things just kind of like, oh. He, you know, he saw Jesus after his resurrection, and he jumped out of the boat. I mean, he was like 100 yards off of shore. And he, just, and he put his tunic on, and he jumps out. I mean, who does that? Usually he takes stuff off. I don't, but he was a spaz, right? He was a control freak. He was, he was riddled with and motivated by fear. You know, after Jesus got arrested and he was being put on trial and Peter's warming himself right he's you know and he's very very fearful and a little servant girl comes up to him and says aren't you one of his disciples didn't you aren't you one of his followers he goes no I don't know him I don't know what you're talking about you're a crazy little girl he was so riddled with fear he was a liar he was a betrayer ah you know what I learned when I was reading through this Jesus showing us that Peter is just like us. He is just like us. We are all sinners. We have all fallen short. And we sometimes 
put people on a pedestal like Peter. Oh, he's amazing, you know? He's just like you and me and has different struggles. Remember, I just read you that scripture where Peter was, had that revelation from God that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. And then Jesus goes on and starts telling his disciples what's going to happen to him, that he's going to suffer, that he's going to die. And what does Peter say? If you continue on in Matthew 16, he says, but Peter took him aside. Jesus, come here, come here. I'm going to tell you something. And began to reprimand him. Just think about that. And what, you know, come on, what pride. Reprimand him for saying such things. He says, heaven forbid, Lord. He said, this will never happen to you. Wow, this is Peter. And I can just imagine what he was saying. You know, remember you called me the rock? You know, I'm the man. I got this figured out. Here, come here, Jesus. Let me tell you something. We got another plan. We're going to do something different. You know, I'm going to put a good word into your dad. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know. And he says, you know, someday I'm called the rock. Someday there'll be a famous actor called the rock. You know, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. But, <laughs> but what did Jesus do? He says, he turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely through a human point of view and not God's. And then, Matthew, and then in Matthew, Jesus continues on. He says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. You must give up your own way. Oh, isn't that easy? <laughs> no, it's one of the hardest things we'll ever have to do. Jesus mentions Satan right in this text. And Satan's one job is to get us to act on our own selfishness on our own, or thinking, I can do this better. I have a better way instead of God's way. I'm going to do it my, or to find, oh, I can find an easier way. Peter's like, no, 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 we can do this. We don't have to go that way. No, that's not, that's a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of sacrifice. No, 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 I got a better way. That's his one task. If he can get us to think there's an easier way to do things in life when we're faced with a challenge, when we're faced with a trial, when we're faced with a test. Maybe you're in business and you think, oh, if I cut some corners here and there, I might make some more money short-term, but long-term, what are the effects, right? Or maybe you work for somebody else and, and you think, oh, well, you know, they're not going to miss that extra whatever. They, you know, they're not going to know I took this. Or maybe you're in school. Some of you are, in, are students and you're getting ready to take some finals or tests or whatever, finish up the school year. And you think, well, what, you know, what are they going to know if I look at somebody's paper? Nobody's going to know. <sighs> maybe you're married and you're thinking, oh, this is so tough. I mean, she's not doing this, and he won't do that. Blah, 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 blah. I'm out. See, friends, we, if you've been around a while and you're honest with yourself, you know that you could always, in your mind, think of an easier way. But the truth is, it is not the best way, usually. It's not the best way. See, Peter struggled with this, and we do too. It's the idea of unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. Peter had this, the Messiah is coming, and we're going to be, he's going to overthrow the Romans, and all this stuff. He had all these things. God had a different plan, didn't he? Yeah. See, unmet expectations shows up in all of our lives, doesn't it? And what does it create? Frustration. You said you were going to do this. You promised me. You were going to do, you, we can, I can give you a dozen examples of that, right? And it feeds anger, doesn't it? It feeds anger in us. And I'm so blessed to get to take my daughter to school every morning. She goes, my youngest goes to middle school. And I was riding one morning and dropping her off, saying goodbye, I love you. And every now and then I get a love you back. 
She's 13, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm driving home, and I'm down on 114, getting ready to go into the center of Gorm. And I'm, I'm taking a right, and all of a sudden, a guy comes right on my rear, and he is just, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know if he can get any closer. And he was praying or something. Because <laughs> he had some unmet expectations. <laughs> you know, we pray this prayer. God, send me one person. I'm like, God, not that. And, uh, <laughs> and he was, you know, whoa, give me some sign language and all this other stuff. I have no, I guess his unmet expectation was I didn't put my blinker on early enough. I mean, it should have been 10 minutes ago. I don't know. I thought it was plenty of time. And, you know, years ago, I would have handled myself so different. And I got to tell you, be honest, for a moment, I thought, oh, this guy needs Jesus. Maybe I can send him there right now. No. <laughs> I'm being honest. I, I didn't do anything, but I thought of it for a minute. <laughs> Maybe some of you are like, oh, I, I would never do that. Well, good for you. <laughs> I'm just glad we don't have Life Church bumper stickers, you know, because some of you are glad too, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so unmet <laughs> expectations. It also can create fear or the desire to control everything. I asked this person to do this 12 times. They didn't do it. I guess I'm going to have to do it myself. Oh, unmet expectations always shows up usually in, in relationships like marriage or your kids. And I've been married 29 years this year. And so, yeah. And it, yes, thank you. But thank God, because it's a miracle. Because she needed a lot of work. No, no, I'm kidding. No, no I did. We both obviously went through a lot of stuff. But there was, when we first got married, I was raised differently than my wife. My mom, she was like a saint in my eyes, right? I mean, everything was always done perfectly. She'd make a meal every night. It was always different. It was like a gourmet meal every night. And it was on the table at 5 o'clock. The place was always, the dishes were clean. We got home, the meal was there. The dishes weren't even dirty. I don't know how she did it. She was a miracle woman. Our rooms were clean. The house was clean, everything. So I had a set of expectations when I got married. You know, you all know what's coming, right? <laughs> I got married, and my wife was, and she's, I mean, she's great, but her, she was brought up different. Like, we'll get to dinner when we get to it. We'll get to this when we get to it. And I wasn't used to that. So it caused a lot of friction, and I had to learn some things. I had to change some things, my expectations. I had to start doing things like making dinner and dishes and all. And we figured it out, and now we have fun. We laugh at each other. You know, we used to get mad and have, we would have fights over dishes. Oh my gosh, people. Think about that. That's so dumb. But none of you have ever done that, right? <laughs> Biggest killer is unmet expectations. I have three children. I'm so blessed. My oldest is getting married this year. And when she started dating in high school, I had a certain expectation of the boy she would date. And I soon found out that I had some unmet expectations there. And I would make sure they knew I had a gun collection. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing a little bit here. And then my son, Tommy, who's, who's, who's in ministry. And I was so blessed years ago. He wanted to get in ministry. And he served with me here at the church. And we had such a great time. Then he felt us calling to go in the mission field. And I said, Tommy, Maine is a mission field. There's so many people. He didn't buy it. But he's traveling the world, preaching the gospel and helping people and serving and giving. He's an amazing kid. But it wasn't my expectation for his life. Or maybe it's in your career you have ex- I mean, I've been here in this church 20 years. been serving as a pastor for 10 and been serving on a dream team for probably 18 or 19 years in some capacity. And Pastor Brian and I have known each other for 20 years. 
we had unmet expectations of each other several times in our lives where I would say something or he would say something and do something and we would offend each other. And, you know, we would get mad. But, you know, this is what we learned. We would confront, say our peace in love and forgive and move on. Yeah, and, and, and he taught me some of this, and maybe I taught him some of this. I don't know, but we have a great relationship today. Every now and then we'll arm wrestle or something, but no, no. But, it, but it's so much different because things have changed. Maybe it's in our health. You know, I'm, I, sometimes I think I'm 20 years old. I want to go play sports or something, and I realize I'm not. I have another knee surgery coming up on, on Tuesday, and, and it's, been, it's my sixth one or something like that. Hopefully they'll get it right. No, um, but you know, why? Because I was tough on my body, whatever. But I have an expectation about myself that I can do certain things. I was talking to a buddy of mine. I saw at the gym, and, and I'm like, man, you guys are intense. He goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm just lucky to get out alive, it seems like, sometimes. Oh, my gosh. But it's okay. But I had to readjust some things. A friend of mine, Mark, I'll never forget this. Years ago, he was diagnosed, comes to our church, he was diagnosed with cancer. And, oh, my gosh. And it was, a, you know, kind of an aggressive one. And, and his words, and I don't know if I got it exactly right, but I remember him saying to me and a couple of people, he said, I wonder how God is going to use this. Wow. What a response. Now, today, he's in remission, cancer-free, and doing things and serving God and helping people. It's an amazing story. But his view of the situation was different, right? Because he had expectations that God is going to do no matter what. And that's what we can do. We can change our expectations in a moment if we change the view, put on God's lenses. What is God doing in this situation? What is God going to do with this? Well, how is God going to use it? How God is going to work in my life? Pastor Brian said this this week, and it's so good. I want to put it up on the screen. It was in the devotional. It says, our greatest growth will come through our greatest disappointment. Our greatest growth will come through our greatest disappointments in life. Why? Because we have to work through it and grow and change. See, there's one thing I can tell you you can always expect in life. Change. Yes, you're going to be changing all the time and growing. And God's never done with us on this earth until we're gone. We're always a work in progress. We're always growing. We're always being faced with some things and challenges. And he's, he's crafting and molding us. Yes, he is. At the end of the book of John... The Apostle John records an interaction that's so precious to me with Peter. Peter was a fisherman, right? And he, and he first, and Luke, you, Luke does a great job introducing us to, uh, to his relationship, Peter and, and, and Jesus. He said, they went, the story was they were, catch, they were fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. Jesus says, throw it over again. And, he, and Peter gives him an eye roll and says, well, if you say so. That's what he does. You got to read it. It's really cool. And then they caught a whole boatload of fish. Well, this happened again. Jesus has died and, and was resurrected. And they'd seen him a couple times after his death and resurrection. Jesus had appeared to them. And they're out fishing again. And they all night didn't get a thing. Jesus is making some uh, dinner, a breakfast for them. And, you know, he's cooking some stuff. And he, he shouts out to him. He says this, fellas, how's it going? Catch any fish? And they said, no. And he goes on and says, cast it out again. And they, they catch a whole other boatload. And it's just a great story. But what Jesus was saying was, catch any fish? How's it going, fellas? How's it going without me? That's what he was saying. How's it going your way? How's it going doing things the way you want to do? Man. See, Jesus starts and ends his relationship on earth with Peter through, a, through a, the vehicle that Peter knew, through fishing. The example that we all need this, including Peter realized it. We all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. 
Oh my gosh, we so do. We so do. We've all been faced with challenges. We've all been faced with struggles. We've all pulled up our nets. They're empty sometimes. And we didn't know what to do. And Jesus has turned to me. We talk a lot about in our church about this. And Aaron talked about it briefly about a transformed life. A life that is gone from being drained by this world to being energized by God. And Peter experienced that. It says in Acts that uh, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, right? They were all in a room huddled up. They were all afraid. They didn't know what they were waiting for. God's spirit. And it comes. And some of them were able to speak different languages, different dialects, different, different languages from different countries. God was preparing them to preach the good news to the whole world. And the crowds that were around heard them speak. How do they know this? They don't even, I'm from that country. How do you know how to speak my language? And they thought something was wrong and they were ridiculed, making fun of them. He even said they were drunk. Peter says, and he steps, there's a scripture in Acts 2, he steps out, Peter, of the crowd and he starts to speak to them with authority. Now he stepped out once before, didn't he? Remember he stepped out in the boat to walk on the water and what happened? He started to focus on what he saw, the water, became afraid and sank. This time it was different. God's spirit now dwelt inside of him. He stepped out without fear and he preached a message. He referenced the book of Joel, the prophet Joel, and he talked about the great story of Jesus. And Peter, it says here, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And so they all came, all these people that were listening came to him, what do we do now? What do we do? And he says this. He says, each one of you must repent and turn and turn to God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and forgiveness of your sins. And then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, it says. And in Romans, it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of all of us. Man, isn't that good news, folks? That is good, good news. So Peter went from a transformed life, a, a guy that was afraid, a guy that was angry all the time, a guy that was um, obnoxious and impulsive. He was transformed. And what were the results? It's powerful. It goes on to say that Pe- those who believed that Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000. Can you imagine if 3,000 people today said yes and got baptized? We would need some more tubs. It would be fun, though. We'd figure it out. Wow. That's a transformed life right there. And you're going to experience that right now with some people that have made a decision. They said yes to Jesus, and they want to be baptized. They want to take that next step. And maybe you're asking yourself, well, maybe I, I've never been baptized. I mean, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I've never been baptized. So maybe I was as a little baby. Well, you never see that reference in the Bible. People knew exactly what they were doing when they're getting baptized. They knew it was a personal decision. Or maybe you were years ago and you kind of walked away and you're coming back. And you know it's time. You know God's tugging on your heart right now. You know you feel this, this need to do this, to say yes to him and go all in. But you said, oh, I didn't bring any shorts, Pastor. I didn't bring any shirt. Well, guess what? We got it all for you. This out in the, the foyer, there's this red bag and it's got towel and it's got, and you got shirts and you got uh, shorts and all that kinds of stuff. And they got brushes and blow dryers and then maybe they have makeup. I have no idea. Breakfast sandwiches. Who, I don't know. 
I'm just having some fun with you. But they got everything you need. So there's no excuses. And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would say. Some people will give a testimonial. That's not necessary. We're going to ask you one question. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? All you got to do is say yes. And then we'll baptize you. And I got to tell you something. I've heard story after story of people that, that taking that step of faith of baptism has changed things in their lives. People that were struggling with an addiction, people that were struggling with whatever, maybe anger or pride, whatever it is, something changed. God moved in, started rearranging the furniture. He started saying, hey, I got this. You can lean on him instead of your own ability, instead of your own strength. It's just like Peter. He wasn't catching any fish. He wasn't really succeeding at all. Boy, things had changed after his transformation. Yeah. So if that's you, if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm going to pray. If that's you and you know you've got to do this, man, it's time. Just walk out to the foyer. Candace will take care of you. She'll get you set up, get changed. We're going to have some folks get baptized. We're going to celebrate that with them, and we want to celebrate that with you. Don't let anything hold you back. Because God's waiting with his arms wide open. He can't wait to hug you. And this is like your family. They're all going to cheer you on, and they're going to be excited for you. It's not about what you look like or what you say. None of that matters. It's what it's in your heart. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your son. Thank you for that gift. Your son who took the place for us, who stood in for us. And all you ask us to do is take a step of faith and say yes to him. You loved us so much that you gave us your son. And all that believe will have eternal life. anyone here that hasn't said yes or needs to be baptized, convict them, help them, give them the strength to say yes today. We ask that in Jesus' name.